This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. And with me is here in the studio is my co-host, Professor American Re- Americus Reed. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. I have great skin, Barbara. <laughs> yes, I, uh, you do. No, and just, you wash your skin twice I, a day, right? Uh, twice a week, I do. <laughs> twice I, uh, yes. a week. <laughs> yep. Well, this is Marketing Matters on Sirius XM Business Radio Channel 111, and the holiday season is upon us, so we're having a Black Friday special. And our last guest, Casey Swan. Hello, Casey. Hi, guys. Hi. She, you have a very interesting title. It's Senior Email Strategist at Return Path. Uh, how many people in the world are senior email <laughs> strategists? Yes. Well, there's about six that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> so what, do, what is Return Path and what does that title mean? Yeah, so Return Path, um, we really help marketers dig in and figure out what's going on with their email program mm. beyond the data that they're getting through their ESPs. So beyond the open and click data, we're helping them figure out, you know, what other pieces of the puzzle um, they need to work on. So looking at whether their messages are getting into the inbox or the spam folder, mm. um, which definitely can... Oh, wow. You can control that? How yeah, do you, you do can, that? You can actually well, measure that. I wish we could control oh, it. Uh-huh. We, <laughs> yeah, we have insight into it. So we can really help marketers figure out where their messages are going and what are some of those levers that they need to pull to help get back into the inbox. Uh, we also look at stuff like um, competitive intelligence. So if brands feel like their competitors are eating their lunch, we can actually get in there and figure that out for them. Wow. I, wait a minute. I just want to make sure I understand, Casey. You're saying that if working with – you can actually say that for a particular client, I sent out 100,000 emails, and you can say 20% of those emails went to people's junk mail boxes. You can say that as something that you measure? Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And we kind of go way deeper than that. So we can even look at uh, Gmail versus Yahoo versus AOL. Okay. And and what's the difference? Have you played around with clutter versus junk? Hmm. So clutter, um, kind of the, you know, the other, um, you know, the different offer inboxes that people are getting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can look at some of that as well. Um, So especially with Gmail, figuring out which of the tabs people are landing in. So if they're going into the, you know, inbox with the personal stuff or if they're ending up in, um, you know, more of that marketing messages, we mm-hmm. can get into that too. Wow. Can you also, uh, this is fascinating to me because it's so CSI-ish. Uh, <laughs> can, can you actually, like, tell, you can, can you tell, like, how long I opened it, that particular email? Can you tell how far I went down in terms of lines that I scrolled down in that email? Can you do that kind of granularity? So we can't get into where you scroll to, but we can tell how much time you're spending in the message if you wow. have one of our pixels in there. So, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. an email. We're not talking about a web. We're talking about in my email account. You're right in there knowing how long I'm reading that email. That's what you're saying, right? Sure, in, in the least creepy way possible. <laughs> okay. Okay. You heard that here first. Uh, yes, okay. Yes, yes, All right. So, um... Uh, you know, one of the things when I was teaching uh, this last, uh, my last cl- class in Marketing core, I was saying people uh, don't seem to realize how great email yeah. can still be because I guess the open, the click-through rate may not be that high, but it's not expensive to do email marketing. Am I saying that right? Is that true? Yeah, so email really is, you know, still one of the highest ROI digital channels. So there's a, I think it's 
it's about a $38 return on the investment there. So, uh, and it's pretty accessible. So, you know, big brands, little brands, um, it's definitely one of the easier channels to use to get in front of folks, and it's pretty successful for most brands. Sorry, could you explain that thir- what you mean by it's a $38 return on investment? Can you explain what that means, Casey? Yeah, so for every dollar that a marketer is investing in email, they typically are seeing about a $38 return on average. Wow, that's fantastic. Wow. So yeah. the, the, and this is this is emails that lead to sales. Is that is that the idea? It's like I, I put in a dollar, I sh- I put out my promotion, I put out my information about my product, and I'm getting thirty eight dollars back in sales. Is that is that how this is being valued or um, conceptualized? Yeah. So a bit more broadly, because sometimes email isn't really about just driving that direct sale. Sometimes mm. it's mm-hmm. about awareness, mm-hmm. brand awareness, loyalty. Um, so it can kind of go beyond that. Interesting. So, can you give us a couple? Um, because just that, sorry to interrupt. I mean, that's just like that's, that, no, no, it's just like that's way better than a Facebook like, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't know what a Facebook like is worth or what a retweet is worth. But if you can say, "Hey, I can spend a dollar on email and get thirty-eight bucks back," that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's really a, yeah. astonishing. But then, of course, you can do it badly or or well, yeah, right? That's true. And I assume that you have a lot of experience, and maybe you can give us some tips. What's like? How do you get people? I guess the goal in email marketing is to get them to open it. Is that right? Well, it depends. So if we're looking for awareness, so if there's a new product that's coming out or a new type of service or you're really trying to just drive people to um, an in-store location, um, then an open is going to be something that's going to be really important. But for a lot of marketers, especially around the holiday time, Mm -hmm. they want to actually push people through to that sale, so a conversion. They want somebody to see the sweater. Oh, I see. It's so stronger than open. Go go all the way to the website. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it ranges, you know, and we have people that test for various metrics um, depending on what their ultimate goals are. Sometimes it's really the awareness. Sometimes it's just driving people to the website. And other times it's really getting them to click all the way through to, the, to that final sale. Okay, so it's kind of like a funnel, I guess. The first, the first thing you have, I would imagine, is the subject line. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you're from address, so who the message is coming from is really important, too. So what can we do in subject lines to get them to open the email? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that I would say is test, of course. Like, I feel like with, you know, most things digital, and especially with email, that's something that we always fall back on. Um, But really, I would say the keywords that are being included, because when we think about the inbox environment, people aren't really focusing their attention and diligently reading every single subject line that's coming through. Typically, they're doing kind of a quick skim to see if there's any value there. Mm. So we want to make sure that there are some great keywords that are front-loaded. So some of those first things that they're going to read are highlighting value and really showing subscribers um, what they're going to get, why that email might be interesting to them, to really get them to take that next step and devote a little bit more time to so if you're going to try to target value, that suggests maybe you're doing different messages to different target segments. Is that or what different to, words, right? Yeah, or different, that's yeah, your, yeah, that's yeah. how you're using the word yeah, message. Yeah. yeah. So do you do people tend to use like a blanket email or is it really a segmented and targeted approach? So we're seeing more movement towards a more segmented list. So, you know, that is definitely something that's kind of top of the agenda mm-hmm. for a lot of email marketers now is to get more personalized and segmented. Um, we've got audiences that are just more savvy. They're exposed to so much email. Um, attention spans are really short. Mm. So the more targeted we can get and really have some of those keywords that resonate with that particular type of person, um, the better results we're going to drive. 
So we have seen the movement away from those big bash and blast, just hit everybody with the same thing towards mm. that more targeted, personalized inbox experience. And do you do you do like um, analyses on what word? Like I would yeah. imagine See, discount sale, something yeah, like that yeah. might work well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we get pretty deep into the weeds with some of that, um, looking both at <clears throat> what's driving the response rates and kind of get, getting people engaged, um, but also looking at what's working for a brand's competitors. Um, oh. And it's, it's so dependent on the specific brand. I mean, we've seen some folks where, you know, dollar-off subject lines really drive great engagement, um, whereas other brands maybe it's not going to work as well as something that's peaking interest or kind of, you know, showing more of that content side of things. I think it's just also a fascinating um, uh, area to think about, Casey, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what, you know, some of the cutting-edge things that you're doing with regard to this. But, you know, I think about how, like, machine learning could play a role in all of this, right? So if I just follow follow America's on his emails – and you know he's gonna he gets 200 emails a day. I know which ones he's clicking on. I know kind of subject lines that are there. It's like you can almost build a model, right? That would say for Americas, you know, if you want to increase the probability of him opening the email and going further down, you have to use these particular types of keywords because they're specific to for whatever reason. You may not even know why, but but by just by looking at the pattern of data, lots and lots of data over a p- long period of time, you can kind of yeah. basically infer that. In, in a way, is that is, do you guys do something similar to that at Return Path? Yeah, so you know we've done so beyond just some of those keywords, and that's definitely something where there's a lot of technology that's emerging that's doing just that, really helping figure out what's that special you know magic combination that's going to get you opening more emails, um, you know, versus me who may have uh, other keywords that I'm looking for. Um, at Return Path, we actually. Um, have gotten into things like personalized frequency. So, you know, helping figure out what someone's tolerance is mm. when it comes to how many emails they're willing to receive. Um, and that's definitely a direction that mm. the space is heading into. So, you know, that hyper-personalization where it's personalized frequency, really figuring out, um, you know, what types of keywords, what messaging strategies are going to resonate with and I would imagine another t- uh, segmentation scheme is whether they gave you the email or you get an email from a list. So whenever I buy in a, in a store now, you have you know you mm. email me my receipt. So my guess is those email accounts are more likely to open and click all the way through. Is that true? Yeah. So you know, really, you know, at Return Path, and because we focus on helping get messages into the inbox and out of the spam folder. If we're working with clients and they're, you know, they have some questionable practices in terms of how they're getting their subscribers, um, you know, we usually steer them towards more of those organic signups because, you know, we want to be sending emails to people that want to receive them. Oh, so you try to, you don't go with mailing lists. You do try to get people who have already given you their email. Yeah, you know, and with some brands and with some business models, especially with B2B, they don't really have as much flexibility. Um, but wherever possible, really trying to drive interest and engagement 
at that point of sign up. So really making sure that people want to start getting messages. Well, that starts to explain the $38 return then, Mm -hmm. because now you're already starting with someone who has some interest in the brand. Right, right. And so then it's a much more effective email. Right. So some of the things that when we were looking up uh, something about your company, we saw that you make a a connection between content and consumer psychology. Wow. Americus and I both are kind of applied psychologists, so we'd like to hear what you have to say about that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, especially this time of year, email marketers get really focused on the metrics and driving results for their brand and the ROI and just trying to close out the year with really strong numbers. Um, And that can lead to getting a bit detached from the people on the other side of the screen because, you know, as email marketers, we are designing the content. We're trying to get the, the metrics that we're looking for but we're communicating with other people. Um, and the inbox environment is really you know, one where there's a lot of distraction. People are in kind of a processing mode where they aren't devoting their full attention. Um, they don't necessarily always see the value of our messages as we, the marketers, are pushing them out. Um, so it really does require some effort on the part of the marketers to really understand their subscribers and try to make it very easy for them to engage. Um, So a lot of what we do on my team, so kind of from the consultant strategy side, is try to work with marketers to figure out what their subscriber and consumer's needs are and how to make sure that that really comes across through the email content. Um, So making those really, you know, important first impressions, Mm -hmm. um, showcasing the value, uh, because we rely on our gut reactions and those immediate first impressions that sometimes are driven by the subconscious, where we're not even aware of the fact that we're, you know, quickly assessing images and keywords for value, Mm -hmm. Um, but really that can have such a huge impact on the results that we're driving. On your emails, do you use a lot of visuals and images, or is it mostly words? Mm. So typically, uh, and I think this is kind of the direction of the the email space in general, um, things have become much more image heavy. So there are going to be some brands, especially in the B2B space, that do have more text. Um, But, you know, the the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words, really does apply when you're trying to make that immediate first impression and showcase value. So we have seen a lot more images um, and really an emphasis on the design and directing attention as people move down the page. So how does that work? Like sometimes when I get an email with images, I have to download the pictures and it I makes know. it. So is that a, wow. what yeah. happens there? Do you still have that issue? Yeah. So that's definitely something that's, you know, present across some of the different email clients. Um, you know, and there are different tactics that marketers can use to help um, really try to get people to take that next step, whether it's clicking through anyways um, or downloading those images. Um, so things like alt text, so that's basically you know something that you would put behind the image so people are actually getting a brief description, using different background colors. Um, there's actually a tool that creates pixelized images, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the tool now, but mm-hmm. it actually creates pixelized images based on background colors. So even if you don't um, necessarily see the picture of the guy smiling with a piece of pizza, you see a pixelated background color version of that, which can compel mm. people to act. Wow, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. yeah. There may be smiling guys with pizzas in your email. <laughs> yeah, right. You're not I even aware of it. Suddenly now. you just you open it and then you 
called dominoes. I don't know. <laughs> so are there like rules of thumb when the email should be delivered or yeah, timing like best issues? time of day, yeah. that type stuff, Casey? Yeah, so we've done quite a bit of research on that, um, and we found that really, and this this makes it a little bit difficult on marketers, but it's really personalized. So, you know, I may be much more likely to open my emails first thing in the morning, um, you know, whereas, Barbara, you may be looking um, in the evenings, and that's the time that you're most likely to take action and click through. Um, time zones also come into consideration. Um, what types of messages you're sending, so B2B versus, you know, um, vacation shopping or retail shopping. Um, you know, the closer we can get to personalizing the timing, the better it is. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Everybody has different times. So, like, we're this is a Black Friday show, so we're talking about holiday. So is are there a lot more email marketing going on in the holiday season? And then how do you break through that clutter if that is the case? Or what? what how does the holiday, Black Friday era affect all of this? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, usually it's kind of a blitz. So it's the end of the year, you know, people are trying to get into the black. Um, They're trying to, you know, play catch up if they didn't quite make numbers from earlier quarters. So things really start to pick up about this time um, and usually continue all the way through to the end of the year. So in addition to seeing that higher volume of mail going out, um, sometimes mailers and marketers will reach a little more deeply into their list, so really try to send to every single person that they can. Um, And then sometimes they'll also ratchet up the frequency. So, you know, I'm sure you probably have noticed in your personal inboxes as Black Friday approaches, as Cyber Monday approaches, um, it gets very, very competitive. There's tons of offers going back and forth. Um, So really, I think, you know, some strategies to help stand out is thinking about, again, kind of what the needs of that subscriber are and having some, you know, personas that you're looking for. So, you know, how can we address those needs and really start including some of those keywords, that content that's going to motivate people? So Uh, you, you, sorry, Casey, you mentioned the word personas. Can you speak a little bit more on that? Uh, Do you work with an existing set of kind of, are these psychographic segments that, is that what you mean in terms of needs that relate to what they might get triggered uh, with respect to, uh, you know, wanting to open it and go deeper into the email? What did you mean by when you used the word personas? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about the different consumers that you're reaching out to, so typically, um, you know, there's not just one type. So as an example for a children's company, um, you know, you may have a mother that's shopping for kids. You may have a grandparent. Um, you may have someone that's shopping for their friend's kids. Um, you know, so if you're really kind of on this, okay, you know, moms are only shoppers, and that's really the the only persona that you're really trying to target, you may be alienating some of those other folks. Well, that makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're talking, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, you're right, I am getting a lot more of these emails, and they're not going in clutter, and they're not going in spam, so somebody's doing something right. Mm. And some of the ones that I'm getting, and I I, I feel like when I see them, I don't believe they're true. But it'll say like a fifty dollar gift card. Like I've been getting a lot of fifty dollar yeah. gift cards. <laughs> what, what are, are those really fifty dollar gift cards? What are those? 
Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, it's kind that, of a sketchy looking Yeah, way. that uh, might okay. just be a, f- a phishing scam. Okay, I don't know, that's Barbara. what I was wondering. Because yeah. I'm getting. Whatever you, know, you do, don't click on it. Yeah, don't right, give any credit right, card right, information. Right. Uh, so you, that is not the kind of headline you're talking no. about then. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could be just a really aggressive promotion. I mean, now is the time for that. And especially as we approach Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We've trained consumers to look for those really aggressive deals. So, and a lot of those deals come to these consumers through email. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a great way to get your brand out there and get in front of consumers. So, you know, with most um, you know larger marketers, they're going to have that list of subscribers who have signed up, so they've opted in to receive messages. Um, at one time, so it's a great way for those brands to have that brand presence and kind of have that invitation for people to engage with that message and go ahead and click through to the site. Now, you said another thing. So they have the subject line. This is just to get the email open. We'll get into what how you get them to convert to the website later. But you said the two things you're working on to get them to open the email. One is the subject line, and the other is for who it's from. Yeah. So I've noticed, like, I, I shopped at Theory, and I, I got the name of the salesperson, and she personally sends me the oh, emails. Wow. Um, I would imagine that's a stronger play than others. Is, is that what you try to go for, like a personal connection from the store to the end user? You know, it depends. Sometimes that can feel kind of artificial. I mean, unless you really made a connection, and if it's, you know, you're, you're working with a stylist or you're working with, you know, someone that um, you know at a more personal level. Um, I do find that sometimes, you know, as we're exploring people's data and working with clients to help figure out what to do with their program, it can feel a bit contrived. Mm. It's coming from a brand and whoever's receiving that email knows that it's not a personal email. Mm-hmm. Um, it can feel a little manipulative. So oh, that's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Like persuasion yeah. knowledge. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. too. Some, sometimes the junk mail, I, sometimes what I will notice is that it'll, it'll come from, the email will come from a name that sounds familiar to me or like yeah. is a friend. Is a, my, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, I know John Smith. And I almost <laughs> click on it like, wait a minute. You know, that's not real. But I want to ask this question. Uh, Casey, so if, if for companies, brands, organizations, et cetera, that want to work with you, what is the, what is the service cost? Like what, how, do you, how do you work with companies to, to do your value add in terms of helping them really maximize their email marketing strategies? Is this something that gets charged in terms – like what's the business model that you work with at Return Path? How do I hire you and how much does it cost, I guess, is another way to ask it. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, fortunately for me, I'm further removed from that process. Okay. But, yeah, there's a couple different ways. So, you know, we have kind of the ongoing service relationship where people actually have access to their own deliverability data. They can kind of dig into it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have, we have different service levels. So, you know, we've got that, that more self-service for people that know what they're looking for, um, they're really familiar with deliverability. They're comfortable getting in there. Um, and then we have on the far end, you know, really a lot of hand-holding where you've got someone that's proactively looking at the data, flagging up issues, mm-hmm. helping address them. Uh, and then what my team does, so the professional services consulting team, um, you know, we are kind of that add-on. 
So, you know, mm. some of the stuff that I'll do is, you know, take a look at people's creative and figure out, you know, where some of the breakdowns are oh, or break out their full life cycle. So what's it like to be one of your subscribers mm. and kind of map all of that out. And do um, you do that like intuitively or do you test? Yeah, so oftentimes it's a little bit of both. And um, we really try to rely on the data wherever we can. Um, and so, you know, we'll use some of the deliverability data we use engagement metrics. Um, we have our own engagement metrics, which is really based on the inbox experience versus the company that's sending the emails out. Um, but anywhere we can, we like to use the data because that's really how we see um, our ability to drive results. Okay, so so far we've talked about you know the the face of the email appearing in your email. So it's the time you send it out. Hopefully that's more personalized. Who sends it? What the subject line is? Now you're lucky enough, and they open the email. What's the kind of content is going to drive them to the website? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know we've seen some. You know, not that they're new. I think that there's you know the reemergence of things like gifts. So you know. Ten years ago, that was something that we'd be like, don't put a GIF in your email because it was, you know, mm -hmm. a weird, sparkly, dancing owl. <laughs> <It was that. laughs> um, you know, but now we're seeing more subtle GIFs where it's, you know, just a part of the picture is moving or, you know, the scarf is blowing in the wind. Um, it's really become something that helps capture attention and can also, you know, evoke some of the, the most loved aspects of the season, you know, like rising from the coffee cup, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think also different design tactics. So, you know, we got to think of it as, you know, we want the email to look good, but it really is something that should be functional. Um, and people have to know what to do next. So it's all well and good to have a beautiful creative, but if people don't know what to do, you're not going to get the results. Um, so really refining the design and thinking, kind of going back to, consumer psychology. You know, as we're skimming the page, where is our eye being drawn to? What are some of those images or different things that are standing out on the page that are capturing our attention, making sure that those are really um, proving value? Wow, Casey Swanton, that was, that's very interesting. Thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And if you want to learn more about Casey, find her at returnpath.com or follow her on Twitter at Casey K. Swanton. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.